0: We are going higher, everyone. Welcome to One Life Radio and Happy Wellness Wednesday. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jerry,
1: <laughs> good afternoon.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, so good to be on the air with you. And it's Wednesday. It's Hump Day. We're halfway through the week, hump and uh, day. Hump Day. Yeah, and we've got a great show for you. At the half, we've got Leslie Manukian on. She's one of my favorite people. I love this woman. She is the president and founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, a nonprofit. Uh, which seeks to rectify health injustice through education, advocacy, and legal challenges. You'll be in for a treat. Uh, she's on at the half. First up, we have Dr. Johnny Bowden. Uh, he is known as the nutrition Mythbuster and is a nationally known expert on weight loss and health. He is the best-selling author of 15 books, including The Great Cholesterol Myth and The Most Effective Ways to Live Longer, Living Low Carb, Smart Fat, and The 150 Healthiest Foods on Earth. Dr. Johnny earned six certification in personal training and fitness he also has a master's degree in psychology a phd in holistic nutrition and is board certified by the american college of nutrition his website is johnnyboden.com and that's j-o-n-n-y b-o-w-d-e-n johnnyboden.com dr johnny how you doing today and happy new year happy new year to you i'm doing great how are you i'm good i'm really good doing it's great been a minute since i've been on I I know yeah yeah so I first uh, you know uh, prepared for this show I don't know back about three months ago and so uh, but it's a great you did this great podcast uh, the model health show with Sean Stevenson right um and you open oh, uh, right
2: yes I've I've been on Sean's show three times
0: you've been on the show three times yeah and and it's very informative yeah. I might add uh and great so. Show. It is a great show, and um, and I'm happy to talk about this because I think this is so important. So, what our topic is today is the shocking truth about heart disease and risk of cardiovascular events. So, Dr. Johnny, you said in that uh, on that podcast, if there are no benefits to a drug, why would you sign on for a list of side effects uh, this long? And that's what statin has. Okay, so you know, uh, you know, there's a brand new study that just came out. This was back about probably five months ago now on the F. Efficacy of statins in the published, a peer-reviewed journal, Current Opinions in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Obesity, and the study is titled, Statin Therapy is Not Warranted for a Person with High LDL Cholesterol on a Low-Carbohydrate Diet. So, Dr. Johnny, who did the study and what did it reveal?
2: Well, the study was done by a colleague of mine named David Diamond, who's really one of the, I, he's just one of my go-to guys, uh, such a great researcher, such a smart fellow. uh, And he's done a lot of work, a lot of YouTube videos. You can see of his lectures where he really kind of debunks a lot of the uh, statin um, uh, literature that is funded by the drug companies. Now, I want to be clear that what he actually said was it's not that it's that statins are never of any use. What he said was that when people are are healthy and I'll tell you what he defined as healthy because it's just very similar to what I define as healthy. He said when you are healthy and you don't have previous heart disease, there isn't really a good justification for statin therapy. Mm-hmm. And yet doctors will put anybody on a statin drug if their LDL is slightly over 100. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a crazy methodology
1: yeah um, it is. and what well, Dr., and the-
2: what Dr. Diamond does is he looks at a, a ratio that I think is incredibly important. I don't know why we don't talk about it more. Everybody can do this ratio themselves from their own blood test. They don't need to have a special test done to do it. You right. look at two numbers on your blood test. You look at your triglycerides, and you look at your HDL.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Almost always, the HDL is smaller than the triglycerides. You divide HDL into triglycerides, and you get a number. That's the ratio. Mm
1: -hmm, So, for mm -hmm. example,
2: if your triglycerides are 100 and your HDL is 50, your ratio is 2. 50 goes into 100 twice. Right. Now, if your ratio is 2 or under, the chances of you getting a heart attack are very, very small. If it's 5 or over, it's something you want to take a look at treating because that's, that's definitely in a high-risk zone. Mm-hmm. So what what he says is let's look at the triglyceride to HDL ratio. If somebody has never had a heart attack, has a healthy ratio of two or under, they're probably not going to benefit from the statin zone. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and well, to
2: continue to treat everybody as if you know the only number that matters is LDL is, is probably out of date. And that's, mm-hmm. I agree with that
0: mm-hmm and so uh, David Diamond he's a psychologist as well right and he was an engineer yeah, if I'm not mistaken yeah and so it was, you know, it's very, well, well you, you you said that his idea of healthy or definition of healthy and your uh, definition of healthy are the same. so I have to ask the obvious question what are your definitions of healthy
2: Well I certainly look uh, here's, here's, as, as we've talked about many times. Um, I believe that insulin resistance, which is also known as prediabetes, mm-hmm. is absolutely rampant. 88% of us, this is in the published literature, 88% of us have some degree of it. And in fact, ever since I've been talking about that 88% number, look it's gone up to 93%. I've just heard some new research uh, that actually says it's as high as 93%. This is the number of people in America who have at least one symptom of metabolic disorder uh, un- health, of of, mm-hmm. of uh, lack of, of metabolic health. Okay. That could be uh, high triglycerides, it could be low HDL, it could be abdominal obesity, there there's a number of them. But uh, prediabetes is insulin resistance, and between 88 and 99%, <laughs> 93% of us have it. And I think that that is probably the most important thing we could be looking at right now right. because that shows up 10 years before things like, oh, Mrs. Jones, your blood sugar is high, we better put you on uh, on some medication for that, or your A1C is Mm -hmm. high, let's put you on metformin, Mm -hmm. or your cholesterol is high, let's put you on a statin, you can see insulin resistance 10 years before that happens, and insulin resistance is treatable, preventable, and reversible by diet and fasting and exercise.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny you bring up metformin. I'm going to bring that up a little later on uh, during the show. Uh, and uh, but you know when we were talking about the numbers, okay, several things. Several things I want to point out here. The numbers have changed. It used to be like back in the 90s, right? That it was if your cholesterol was over 300, your LDL, then you were in trouble. Then they lowered it to like 250, then 200. But cholesterol is a hormone in your body, you know, and so uh, and it's and it's produced by your body. Correct? Is that correct? 80% of the cholesterol in your body is produced right. by the liver. By, by the liver. Okay. So, uh, and for people that don't know what metabolic, uh, oh my gosh. Syndrome. Or insulin metabolic resistance. Syndrome. not yeah. yeah, metabolic syndrome or, or insulin resistance. Can resistance. you explain that to them? Because, you know, I sure. studied this stuff, and I've read this for years, but it's still somewhat can be very confusing because you're trying to put all these different pieces of the puzzle together to get a clear picture, and sometimes it's difficult for people to do that, especially if they're listening and not reading.
2: Well, they look at, they look at about five or six different conditions. And if you have three or more of them, you're considered to have pre-diabetes or insulin resistance or metabolic syndrome. They are all the same thing. They're exactly the same thing. In fact, when it was first discovered, it was called Syndrome X because they didn't even know what it was. Then they moved it to metabolic syndrome, then pre-diabetes, and now insulin resistance syndrome. It is all, they're all synonyms for the same thing. And mm-hmm. those conditions that they look at to define this particular diagnosis are high blood pressure. Abdominal obesity, by which I mean for women it's over thirty-five waistline, for men it's over forty. That's usually a good sign uh, that you know there's abdominal uh, a, a great deal of abdominal fat. So mm-hmm. that's one of them. High blood pressure, as I mentioned, is another. High triglycerides, low HDL. These are all the things that they look for. And if you have mm-hmm. three or more of those conditions, you're considered to have pre-diabetes.
0: Well, yeah, and one thing leads to another. You know, one of the most uh, uh, remarkable, I'll say, uh, and and kind of not funny, funny in a, you know, funny, not in a good way, but but during that uh, podcast that you did, you talked about the marketing of statins and the locker room talk about, so men that typically are on statins also, uh, they... um, they suffer from uh, erectile dysfunction right so then well,
2: well it's a, it's a correlation it's not a, we don't know that it's causal but my hypothesis is that they are not unrelated one of the side effects of statin drugs is sexual dysfunction it doesn't mm-hmm. happen in every single one but mm-hmm. it happens often enough that we might raise an eyebrow
1: mm-hmm. and i
2: don't think it is a coincidence uh, you know, the cholesterol is the, you had mentioned before, it's actually not a hormone, burner; it, It's a precursor to hormones. Okay. So it actually, your sex hormones, and I, when I tell this to men, they all pay attention. Your sex <laughs> of hormones, course. Testosterone, <laughs> progesterone, they all come from cholesterol. So when you lower cholesterol to these ridiculously low numbers that people think are going to prevent heart disease, you're also lowering the raw materials for sex hormones. So Mm -hmm. my hypothesis, and again, it's just a guess, is that it's not a coincidence that half the men in America are on statin drugs and they're also on erectile dysfunction Mm -hmm. uh, medication.
0: Yeah. Well, during that podcast, you also said uh, you said it is putting the statins in the water supply, if you will, with little quotes, air quotes, mentally that I'm so incensed about. What did you mean by that, Dr. Johnny?
2: I mean, that there are literally doctors, and I can, I'm, I'm not going to name names, but there's a very famous doctor who's highly respected, who has amazing credentials, and he's actually a very good doctor, except for this blind spot of his. And he actually went on television and said, This is the greatest drug ever. I think they should be in the water supply. And that is kind of the mentality wow. that most mm-hmm. doctors have when it comes to statin prescriptions. Mm-hmm. They just prescribe them like they're candy. They mm-hmm. give them to 13-year-olds. It's insane. Oh, now, yeah. I don't think they're a terrible drug. I think even my my co-author uh, uh, on The Great Cholesterol Myth was a famous cardiologist, Stephen Sinatra. You've had him on the show, mm-hmm. uh, the late, great Stephen Sinatra. And yes. even Sinatra would occasionally prescribe statin drugs in certain cases. But mm-hmm. these doctors... They don't, even, they don't even look at the modern cholesterol test. They just go, oh, your LDL is over 100, mm-hmm. that drug time. And, and that's the part that I'm incensed by. That well, it, is simply crazy. It's and you should be incensed.
0: I, I've told you the personal story of uh, my youngest daughter. This was back about five years ago. I took her in, which I rarely did, to the pediatrician to get an annual checkup because uh, she was perfectly fine. Anyway, brought her in. I forget what it was, what it was for. Anyway, they asked me, uh, would you like her cholesterol checked? And I said no, I would not. Why would I check her cholesterol? Look at her; she's the epitome of fitness. <laughs> you know, she's a very healthy child. Why would I check her cholesterol? And you know, and you have to ask yourself why they would ask that to perfectly healthy, you know, twelve or thirteen-year-old. Why would they want to put them on statins now if they were obese? And you know, that's another thing. So the American Pediatra- uh, Pediatric Association now is recommend- uh, recommending surgery. Uh, a surgery. And, um, and prescription drugs for children that are obese when we know that it comes from the, from the diet, right, instead of that pediatrician. Well, mostly, yeah. I mean, most of it, yes, of course. I mean, I think, I don't know, some of it may be a propensity for genetics. I don't even know if I believe that really anymore because if you look at a family, typically the whole family eats the same way, right? Right? Typically, typically, (laughs) Typically, yeah. Um, But you know what? We have to go to break. But this is, I love being on the air with you and just having all this conversation. Dr. Johnny Bowden is who we're talking to. You can find him at johnnybowden.com, but we'll be back. More coming up at One Life Radio with Dr. Johnny Bowden. Stay tuned, everyone. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at oneliferadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, key. <laughs> in today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must reads in the fight for truth The courage to face COVID 19, preventing hospitalization and death while battling the biopharmaceutical complex by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist, Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. And Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager, Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at SkyHorsePublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense, for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's SkyHorsePublishing.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell and Dr. Johnny Bowden. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas. On iHeartMedia as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Uh, So, Dr. Johnny, uh, we're talking about the shocking truth about heart disease and the risk of cardiovascular events. You know, when I I talked earlier or asked you earlier about the locker room uh, and how so many men do not understand the side effects of statins, um, we talked about sexual dysfunction, but we did not talk about pain or myopathy or memory loss. Do you want to touch on that for a sec?
2: Yeah, well, those are all the the possible side effects with statin drugs. Now, what what I've said many times is you and I, if we had a life-threatening illness and there was an experimental drug that had a lot of side effects and it was a good chance it was going to save our lives, we would take it. We would take the risk of those side effects Mm -hmm. because the alternative is, (laughs) you know, possibly dying. Mm
1: -hmm. That's not
2: the case with statin drugs. Most of the people who are taking statin drugs, or let's say a large number of people who are taking statin drugs, don't need them. And to take on a laundry list of potential side effects on a drug that isn't likely to benefit you
1: mm-hmm. is just
2: crazy. It doesn't benefit anyone but the drug companies. Now, if you're someone who's had a heart attack, you're a middle aged man with a previous heart attack and you're trying to prevent a second one a statin drug might be very appropriate.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're
2: a 13-year-old kid or if you're a 70-year-old woman who they give them to anyway yeah, probably not.
0: Yeah. Well, and you in know in any
2: case go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead in any case.
2: In any case the the, the crux of the, the the thing that I think is is is, uh, a ground zero for this discussion is Mm -hmm. what are we measuring when we measure cholesterol? There is a modern way to measure cholesterol that looks at the number of LDL uh, that you have in the circulation. Mm -hmm. It looks at the size of the LDL. It looks at the type of LDL. That's what we now know how to measure. And we are using a 1963 medicine test, which is like using a, 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 a cosmopolitan astrology to you know to figure out what's going to happen you know in in your life. It <laughs> just makes no sense that people aren't using this modern terrific test that measures particle number. That's the one I I use when I'm when I'm tested for cholesterol. We don't my doctor and I don't even look at HDL. Mm-hmm. We look at what is the number of particles what type of LDL? Is it LDL-A? Is it LDL-B? Is it oxidized LDL? Is it lipoprotein little A? These are all the types that we've identified in the last 20 years or so that are measured in the modern test, Mm -hmm. but your doctor doesn't, A doesn't even know about it, or B won't prescribe it because insurance doesn't cover it.
0: Exactly. I was just going to go there with the insurance companies. Oh my God. (laughs) Right before the show, it took me, it took me, 10 days and four people just to get a rec- report from Blue Cross Blue Shield so I can complete my W 2s. I'm not, I don't have the best opinion of any insurance company. <laughs> Certainly uh, not after my experience again this morning. I mean, they are just something else, <laughs> I tell you. Yeah. They're part of, the, they're a big part of the problem though. But anyway, you know, uh, uh, where do I want to go with this? There was something, uh, let's go to secondary prevention because that was something in the podcast with Sean Stevenson that you spoke of. Secondary prevention. And we've only got about five minutes. But I want to get to all these questions that I have. So what is secondary prevention, Dr. Johnny?
2: That's what, that is exactly the, 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 uh, the people who have been shown to benefit the most from statins. So secondary prevention is you have had a heart attack. We want to prevent a second one. It's a good way to remember what secondary prevention is. Okay. We want to prevent a second event. Primary prevention, which is not what statins were studied for, is you haven't had a heart attack yet. But we're going to try to prevent your first one by lowering your LDL cholesterol, which is being measured in a 1963 way. And that (laughs) just doesn't make any sense whatsoever.
0: No, but the machine keeps turning. You know, it's hard to get to. uh... Yeah, and it's funny, you know, because they focus on the science, the science, the science. Why are we going by science from 1963? Certainly, we've learned a lot in the last five decades, right? Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. So, you know, uh, you also, uh, during this discussion, this podcast, you cited a study dating back to 2008 regarding uh, drugs that are seeping into our drinking water. What did the study report and what is its relevance to what we are talking about today, which is uh, heart disease and cardiovascular events?
2: Actually, I, um, you know what, you caught me off guard. I don't remember that was a, that study was a while ago, and I, okay. I may have had my notes and quoted that study. But I mean, basically, what it says is we are getting so many of these drugs in
0: mm-hmm. our system:
2: endocrine disruptors, hormone disruptors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, estrogen mimics, all kinds of things are in the water supply. Prozac, every drug you can imagine mm-hmm. has made its way into the water supply, or almost yeah. every drug you can imagine. So da, we're da, getting dosages of these whether we want to or not.
0: Yeah. Now, Dr. Uh, Andrew Kaufman was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we had, our whole show was about water, and he basically said it is poison. It is liquid poison if you're drinking tap water because there's so much stuff in it that you must find a way to get filtered water or maybe have a natural well that you could get tested on your property, just all these things, but water is key. And water also, being dehydrated, I did not know this, he said, uh, it is very well documented that dehydration cause, it can cause high blood pressure. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but just that that can be a that can be a cause for high blood pressure. One of the number one reasons of high blood pressure is dehydration, chronic dehydration. Well,
2: we, I, I think that we are most of us are chronically underhydrated. Yes. You know, dehydration is a yeah. clinical term. We may not be technically dehydrated, but there is there are levels, optimal levels of of uh, hydration, and it's been shown that even being two percent under that changes your athletic mm. performance. So mm-hmm. if two percent under hydration changes your athletic performance changes your actual stats as a, as an athlete what do you think it does to the average person
0: oh yeah yeah it's it's astounding uh some of the things that he said but you know uh Johnny Dr. Johnny what are your thoughts on the pharmaceutical drug metformin I said I would come back to it and so here we are so it's a natural brother from another mother berberine what about berberine
2: well, are you I take them both
0: you take them both so
2: i yes i am a lot not, of people uh, do uh, a lot of people who say, oh, he's anti I'm not, I'm anti the overuse of drugs, but I, I am not an idiot. I, I, obviously, there are some drugs that have been invented, the, the polio vaccine for one, antibiotics for another, that have been life saving and it's changed mm-hmm. the trajectory of the human race. I get that. Mm -hmm. metformin is one of the good drugs yes it's used for diabetes yes it's used for blood sugar but it's also being uh, researched at the national institute of health as an anti-aging drug and Mm -hmm. i believe the reason that it's an anti-aging drug is because it lowers insulin resistance to come full circle and talk about what i consider to be the greatest metabolic plague of the 21st century we were talking about that earlier pre-diabetes it Mm -hmm. is insulin resistance metformin helps it helps change that a little bit, and I yeah. think that that's so critical that it actually extends lifespan.
0: Mm-hmm. Every time I hear that, and I've heard many a very intelligent men say that they take both. One of them being Sean Wells, and uh, I remember when I had uh, Dr. Samuel Tuleman on the show back a couple of years ago. He uh, we talked about uh, metformin as well, and it's and it's pretty cheap. You can get it for like uh, get it for ten bucks a prescription, something like that, right? Um, and most insurance yeah, and companies funny, pay for it.
2: You know, when you go to the when you go to the doctor or the hospital and they, they ask you what drugs you're on, and I, or, you know, I, I, on occasion that's happened to me, and I say and they say, oh, you're diabetic. I go, no, dude, do you even read a journal? <laughs> no, I'm not diabetic. I'm taking it because it's got an incredible right. profile of side effects, all of which are good.
0: Yeah, no, it is. It's a really, it's a really great, uh, I, I, it's, there you go. So that's a good pharmaceutical drug. There are some, like you said, that have been life-changing for the tra- trajectory of our world and as we know it, but a lot of bad ones out there too. Um, but Dr. Johnny, we've uh, got to wrap this up, but I want to, uh, you've been quoted as saying, we have a very frightening medical industrial system in which the pharmaceutical companies control most of what happens in our, uh, in our own healthcare. And it is in the wrong hands. Dr. Johnny, how do we change it?
2: Man, if I had the answer to that, uh, I'd probably be sunning myself on the beach at St. Martin and uh, <laughs> looking at my $1 billion bank account because I have no idea how we change the medical industrial system. I know mm-hmm. it's broken. Mm-hmm. I know it's dysfunctional. I know it exists mainly to keep the business model is to keep as many people in chronic illness as possible mm-hmm. so we can keep them on medicines, keep them in the hospital. This is exactly what big food and big pharma thrive on.
0: And big uh, tech so I, I and big chemical, big, yeah. Big tech is responsible, and big chemical—they're all in bed together, uh, right now in Davos, Switzerland, at the at the WEF, <laughs> World Economic Forum. <laughs> yeah, they want to keep ringing the register, right? And uh, you know, having that, uh, having all those stocks uh, stay very valuable, <laughs> and they got the inside information too. I mean, there's so much corruption in the world. We could do hours talking about that. But I love having you on the show. Doctor Johnny's been on Thank one you. late been on the show for many, many years uh, here with us and uh, always appreciate your contribution and your sense of humor, Dr. Johnny. Thank you thank so much.
2: Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. I'll see you next
0: month. Take uh, care. bye I'll see Bye-bye. you next month. Yeah. see you next month. Dr. Johnny Bowden, everyone. JohnnyBowden.com, J-O-N-N-Y. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Leslie Manukian. You are not going to want to miss this. the rest of this show. Stay tuned. You're listening to One Life Radio. Follow
1: us on social media at One Life Radio
0: crazy water's benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the crazy well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous Mineral Water Company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com.
1: Want to advertise
2: on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com.
0: Wellbeing Journal is a remarkable bi-monthly health publication esteemed by intelligent readers worldwide. It's available in print or digital, single issues or subscription. Its focus is on living a happy, healthy life and preventing or healing illnesses naturally. Preventing or healing cancer, arthritis, cardiovascular conditions and digestive issues, as well as nutritional solutions for optimal health are regular subjects. Learn more at WellbeingJournal.com contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We have Leslie Minukian back with us. I love this woman. She is the president and founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, a nonprofit which seeks to rectify health injustice through education, advocacy, and legal challenges. She speaks, writes, and advocates on topics of health, freedom, nutrition, personal development, politics, and more. Leslie is a former very successful Wall Street business executive, an award-winning documentary filmmaker, and a qualified homeopath. She uh, conceived, wrote, and produced The Greater Good, an award-winning documentary exploring vaccines. Leslie serves on the boards of the Weston A. Price Foundation and Health Freedom Idaho. She holds an MBA from the University of Chicago and a BA from Middlebury College and is also a qualified homeopath her website is healthfreedomdefense.org that's healthfreedomdefense.org or on me we at mewe.com forward slash p forward slash freedom health defense fund always an honor and a pleasure to have her with us leslie manuki and welcome back to one life radio girl love having you here
1: (laughs) Hi. (laughs) hi bernadette it's so great to be with you so great it's always
0: such a wonderful conversation It is. And I just, I tell your stories to anybody who will listen, especially the one in New York City that's very, it's become quite famous now when you were in that boardroom and what started you on this uh, quest, if you will, to get the truth out there and start the Health Freedom Defense Fund. Um, And so I have to tell everyone out there listening that I donate to you every month. And so if you, if that's important to you to get to the truth and have your health freedom, even $5 a month, but as a regular, you know, like pull it out of your credit card, it's an auto pay. Kind of thing, right? Leslie, uh, I encourage everyone to do that. Oh my gosh, Bernadette, I did not know that. And I am literally
1: tearing up. That is so incredibly sweet. I am so grateful. Yes. Listen, we are doing as much as we can to defend our freedoms, the American ideals of bodily autonomy and, um, you know, a just legal system. And we cannot do that without people's support. These lawsuits are expensive. We've got a ton of them on, um, you know, in process. Um, and I'm just so grateful to you for, for your support and to anybody and everybody who wants to support us because it's we can't do this if we... Yeah. I don't pay myself, just so you know. So yeah, all no. of your listeners know. No, I, I, do I don't everything either. everything I do for free because I am passionate about health I'm passionate about freedom. I'm passionate about this country. And I have a 20-year-old son that I want to grow up and enjoy the same kind of freedom and Mm -hmm. beautiful life that I had as a young person. And that is slipping away.
0: It is slipping away, um, which leads me to my first question. Can you remind listeners why you, why you created the Health Freedom Defense Fund, that story in New York that's so famous? I mean, I've, I've, I've said it many times on the air because I think it's powerful that people understand, you know, what really was going on behind the scenes and what prompted you to go, oh, my God, not on my watch.
1: Yeah, it was actually, I think you're talking about when the pharmaceutical executive came into my office, yes. right? Yes, That's the yes. One. yeah. yes. So I was actually in London, but our New oh, York okay. office was connected as well, yeah. Okay. I was managing our European growth portfolio, don't worry, no big deal, um, our European growth portfolio management and research businesses. And as such, I was responsible for deciding which um, – which European stocks went into our big portfolios, and I got to interview CEOs of multinational corporations from the United States, Europe, and elsewhere because we were one of the biggest shareholders in the in the world at that time. And so we had the CEOs and their um, management teams come into our offices, especially of the stocks that we owned. You know, once, twice. If we owned a big a big amount, we might see them three times a year. And uh-huh. we owned a huge amount of one of the biggest pharmaceutical um, uh, companies in the world. We owned over a billion dollars of the stock at the time, and that was a huge amount back then. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the stock was getting crushed because their new blockbuster drug, which was supposed to help your heart, was killing people in the phase three trials. Mm-hmm. A few people had died, and rumors were leaking out about 30%. And the management team came to see us and other big investors to reassure us about the situation. And basically, the CEO... The CFO, the head of R&D, the head of investor relations—they all came into the office and they're sitting there. And I've got, you know, a team: our trader and our, our a couple portfolio managers, our analysts, and the, C, the CEO of this big pharmaceutical company, which is a household name today.
0: <laughs> said to yeah. Me,
1: mm-hmm. Said to me, looked me in the eyes, and he said, "Listen, you know, in very very rare instances." A few people have died on the phase three trial, and he said, the bad news is the FDA is going to make us put a black box warning on our packaging. The good news is we still think we can do $7 billion in peak sales. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I felt like somebody had kicked me in the stomach because Mm -hmm. I had never heard someone assess um, you know, the the trade off between corporate profits and human life in such mm-hmm. a manner. It was just like, well, you know, we're going to kill some people, but we're going to make a lot of money. So you should buy more of the stock. And I right. just I mean, it, it just it had a devastating effect on me. I, I, I really thought, oh, my gosh, I am playing for the wrong team. Mm-hmm. This is not right. And it helped me to also then see that other companies I mean, listen, there were companies that would come through and they would tell us, oh, you know, we are bidding on this big contract in some developing nation country for a power plant or a dam or this or that, and we're very confident we're going to get it. And I started to realize that they were confident because there was some kind of monkey business going on. I mean, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're there are bribes, There are things like this. And I just think I had this bizarre, um, I guess I'm kind of strange in the health freedom movement and just freedom arena because... I kind of had a front row seat to right. hear what some of these CEOs would say behind closed doors. And let me mm-hmm. just say, it wasn't stuff that engendered a sense of um, confidence in them and their integrity. And so mm-hmm. I just I just decided I had to get the heck out of there. And I um, hired someone essentially to replace me and left a couple of years later after my son was born.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and yeah. that goes on. That goes on all all over. The, it goes on all the time. It's it's like hit repeat. Yeah. This it's 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 a familiar scenario uh, at that high level of financial uh, investments, right? And the the company that you worked for was very. I mean, they are like uh, kind of like uh, the the golden. Uh, the golden company of investments, right? Yeah. I worked yeah.
1: for two golden yes, I worked for the golden company first <laughs> and then I also then I went to one of my clients and that's where this happened. But I think what you're pointing to, Bernadette, is that we think that oh, I think the best way to say it is is that I think that these people have been that they are so corrupted by their power and by their money that they mm-hmm. forget to actually k- check in with their hearts from time to time and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's by the grace of god or what but i never lost that connection and mm-hmm. i just i i literally couldn't continue doing what i was doing i literally felt like i was it was destroying my soul and mm-hmm. these people have lost that connection to their heart and so they are able to do things like that mm-hmm. and unfortunately i think that those are the kind of people who truly get ahead they are truly yeah they're able rewarded to for it which Yeah, They're rewarded for being able to switch off their conscience, Mm -hmm. and it's actually terrifying, and this is why I have taught my son since he was a little boy, don't ever give your power away, Mm -hmm. ever, because once you do, someone can use it against you. Yeah. We think, you know, we think like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. I'm not doing anything wrong. What do I care if they take my guns or they snoop on my email or they, you know, whatever, follow what I'm doing on social media? Mm
0: -hmm. And I'm
1: like, no, you have to care about these things. They are vitally important. Otherwise, because, you know, I mean, look, let's put it this way. Did Hitler just turn on the gas chambers and march people in on day one? No. It took them
0: oh, nine God. years <laughs> in small increments. Exactly, Bernadette. You know, we are
1: slow-boiling frogs, and we have to guard against this kind of tyranny at the very, very start. And unfortunately, we're in the position we're in now because Americans have taken their eye off the ball for close to a century, in my view. Yeah. But you know what? We are making a difference. We're pushing back, and we are going to win this.
0: Yeah, I, I there is a pushback for sure. And you see it more and more. I mean, even the Wall Street Journal yesterday was reporting, or the day before. I, can, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like they're, they're, yeah. they're changing their tune. But I'm still I'm still suspicious. Why are they changing their tune? Uh, I at this point, I mean, you really I hate to say you can't trust anyone, but you kind of have to keep. You have to keep that in mind, right? This is a chess game that we're playing right now. And every move that these big corporations make is very well calculated to cover their you-know-what. So um, we're going to go to break. <laughs> more coming up. And I know you agree with that, Leslie. Uh, Leslie Manukian, more <laughs> coming up. Healthfreedomdefense.org. If you're tuning out, you can listen to the rest of the podcast after the broadcast on any Spotify or, excuse me, any of the uh, of the uh, podcast apps like Spotify. Or you can go to one life radio.com but we'll be right back more coming up stay tuned you're listening to one life radio you're
1: listening to one life radio make sure you check out our podcast and get to know the show at OneLifeRadio.com.
0: Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing Terraflora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take Terraflora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Addicts. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says Terraflora advanced care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about Terraflora Advanced Care and all the Terraflora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit EnviroMedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's EnviroMedica.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiacchetti with Jerry Caldwell and Leslie Manoukian. Uh, We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Leslie Minukian is president and founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, a nonprofit which seeks to rectify health injustice through education, advocacy, and legal challenges. Speaking of legal challenges, Leslie, last week, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals heard oral argument uh, in the CDC's appeal of a district court's ruling vacating the federal travel mask mandate can you recap the hearing for us and explain what happens next
1: sure so the government's attorney so a, a DOJ, doj attorney uh brian springer he literally made claims that were so divorced from reality i couldn't believe it he actually said that the masks are not a big ask that they're effective and that they're science based. Okay. And yet, even though he's arguing all that, I mean, literally, that's insane. I mean, the, the body of science shows that they actually don't work. Mm-hmm. And there's a growing body of science showing that they're actually harmful. Mm-hmm. And yet, and, and CDC failed to submit a single randomized controlled trial in support of its rule um, when they issued the rule initially. And this, this attorney also referenced 1918. Now, it is widely acknowledged that masks didn't work in 1918, right. and yet he referenced that. And so basically, this is what they're arguing. The, the CDC wants the power to mask you despite the fact that the science shows that they don't work, but they are continuing to claim that they do, mm-hmm. which I just think is, is something that it, it actually is kind of sickening. Um, that said, the government, the, the lawyers, or sorry, the judges were incredibly hard on that attorney. Mm-hmm. Judge Brasher, who's a Trump appointee, called the case a slam dunk because CDC failed to follow the administrative procedure requirements. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when we filed the lawsuit, we alleged that CDC's sweeping mask rule violated the Administrative Procedure Act by failing to notice the public, take public comment, properly articulate and justify its rule. And also that they lack statutory authority for issuing such a far reaching rule, because it Mm -hmm. affects millions of healthy people. They're making no attempt to find out whether you're sick or not. They're telling you, you have to mask no matter what. And since when does CDC have that authority?
0: Well, you know what? Um, I don't I don't know what you think about this, but I have thought this from the very beginning. And it goes back to (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but I've said it before the movie, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I think it's a way of of of, of very quickly doing an evaluation or a percentage of who's complying and who's not. How much of the American people are buying it? You know, uh, this Mm -hmm. this uh, mask mandate. And it's a quick way of evaluating how well they're doing on, on the brainwashing. That's how I feel. That's my personal opinion based on a lot of different things. But I don't know. Am I crazy? No, I think that I think that is, I, I, I maybe portray it slightly differently.
1: But I think <laughs> okay. that the gist of what you're saying, I agree. I think that it was a test on how compliant Americans yes. are today. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's right? what I mean. And so that's brainwashing in general. But I think that it's also just, you know, and the thing is, I think, you know, most Americans are decent, good people. They actually are kind and caring. Absolutely. And they, they want to do the right thing and they want to help people. And so if they think it's going to help somebody, they might do it, even if they don't think it works. Right. But I did that. Point, I think I think, uh, you CDC know, has squandered and the government has squandered any credibility or mm-hmm. any. Um, you know goodwill that they had with the people and i think that's what's really happening now
0: yeah so no um, yeah yeah i warm up i think uh, you're 100% right i, a
1: I little. think it's also something else for can i just say i think yeah, it's the, of course. the tip of the spear the whole reason i wanted to to file this lawsuit in the very beginning almost two years ago was because I felt it was, if they could do this, then there was no limit to what they could do. And we had right. to stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I came up. And I think that's another kind of twist on what you're saying. It's that yeah. if we cede this ground to government, we've ceded everything to them. Yeah.
0: Well, I was trying to be funny with the invasion of the body snatcher thing, just trying to <laughs> add some humor to it. But if you've ever seen the movie, like you could, they could identify and their mouths would come open and they'd point their finger like, ah! You know, like that person's not complying and because it's an easy way to kind of get a feel for who's, evalu- or who's complying and who's not. Um, but I don't want to run out of time because I know there's some other things that we need to talk about here. So you also have been fighting against the Los Angeles Unified School District. So what is the lawsuit about and can you update us on the case, please?
1: I will. Let me just tell you that one of the judges at the 11th Circuit actually said CDC's failure to follow the APA was a slam dunk just want oh, wow. to say that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's very positive. I mean, I think yeah. they'll uphold that they failed to follow their mm-hmm. rules. What I'm hoping, though, is that they also uphold on the statutory arguments that, that CDC doesn't have this power and authority. Yeah. But that we won't, We could hear in three weeks. We could hear in three months. We could hear in six months. We don't know when that will happen. So, yes, the LAUSD, this is a big thing because this is a kind of an every man or woman a case. The Los Angeles Unified School District issued a mandate after they knew that the shots don't prevent infection, that they don't stop transmission or infection, okay? Mm -hmm. They issued this in, uh, I think, the fall, September of 2021. CDC actually acknowledged in August of 2021 that the shots don't do what they were purported to do. So they have zero leg to stand on. They are violating the plaintiff's fundamental right to privacy under the Due Process Clause of the Constitution, and they're also acting arbitrarily because they're treating people differently. This is a 14th Amendment um, requirement. They're treating vaccinated and unvaccinated um, employees differently, even though CDC says they shouldn't be treated differently, and because the vaccines don't do what they were said to do. And so the lower court found against us, but we think that that the judge actually made uh, a mistake. And the judge kind of said that she didn't really want to Make the ruling that was necessary. And what I mean by that is that she relied on a lawsuit that went before the Supreme Court in 1905 called Jacobson, which found that a small town could mandate a smallpox vaccination in the event of a um, serious disease outbreak like smallpox, 30 Mm -hmm. to 40 percent fatality. SARS-CoV-2, COVID is not smallpox by any stretch of the imagination. So they're not applicable. But the other thing is that since then, there's been all this case law and Supreme Court rulings that you have the right to decline medical interventions, even if they could save your life. And she didn't want to actually have to sort of rule on reconciling those two case case laws. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she basically said that it's the Supreme, it's the 11th, it's the Ninth Circuit's Territory to weigh in on this. And so she kind of, I think, didn't really want to weigh in. And so we're appealing her ruling. And we feel very confident about it because, let's be honest, if we look at what was going on in 1905, women couldn't vote. Jim Crow laws were in place. The Supreme Court said that three imbeciles of three generations of imbeciles is too many. And that in, in order to justify cutting of a woman's fallopian tubes because she was mm-hmm. not deemed intelligent enough,
0: mm-hmm. right? We don't want to
1: go back to that, do we? No, no, we don't. And then, of course, you've got got Nuremberg Code and the Helsinki Declaration and all these other things that have recognized the right, fundamental right. And the Supreme Court has said that the right to bodily autonomy is among our most sacred rights. So we are fighting this Mm -hmm. because this is the second largest school district in America. They fired over a thousand people who asked for religious and medical exemptions. They have treated them horrifically. And these people could be any of us. They are being forced to choose between putting, you know, food on the table and their own best Mm -hmm. interests and their beliefs. And this is just wrong. And so we are fighting it. And with many other lawsuits, as you know. But that appeal, we filed it on January 3rd. And I think we have to file an answer brief in another couple weeks.
0: Yeah. And And, 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 that's something
1: that's super important.
0: Yeah. And the fact that they make it a religious exemption, I think it should just be, I don't believe you exemption. You know, I'm I'm going to wait and see <laughs> exemption. You know, and I'm, I'm not buying your you know what exemption. Um, but, you know, you're currently also seeking the, signatures the first,
1: yes. for. <laughs> yes, I have, to, I have to interrupt you because it should be it's my body exemption. Exactly. It shouldn't be an exemption. There should right. be no exemptions
0: Exactly. Because no I mean, one has the power or
1: authority to tell you what to put in your body.
0: That's right. I feel that way about abortion too. Even though I'm not I'm not pro-abortion and I am I'm I'm pro-choice and I'm pro-life. It should be between it should be between the doctor and the and and the and the woman, okay? And whoever their higher power is. It's got it's not the government's job to mandate morality. I'll just throw that out there too. Okay, so we've only got like 2 minutes. Okay, you're currently seeking signatures for a people's proclamation against the G20 uh, Bali Leaders Declaration. Can you explain how a, proclama- a proclamation works and why this one is so darn important, Leslie.
1: So a proclamation is, um, it's a way of people coming together and stating clearly and in unison what their beliefs are. And that is that these governments and these bureaucrats and these business leaders and these um Uh, non-governmental organizations don't have the power to dictate how we live our lives. So it's a way for us to bring together the citizens of the world um, in unity, in defense of our freedoms, bodily and otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so we started the People's Proclamation because in response to the G20 and all these other mucky mucks meeting in Bali before Christmas. So
0: do you remember they Mm -hmm. met
1: and it wasn't just I mean the G20 that's supposed to be
0: yeah, there's the music. Go. I'll just Continue.
1: you, you, you okay. got about 10 I'll seconds before
0: I have to start closing. Sure. Go, go ahead.
1: They they want to implement global vaccine passports and digital identification, and mm-hmm. this is a stance against all of those people trying to enslave you in digital slavery.
0: Yeah. Of course they want to track you. They want to control everything, especially your pocketbook and your health. Uh, You know, yeah. Anyway, you're going to have to come back <laughs> next week or, I don't know, whenever we have an too. opening. We, there's so much we Anytime. didn't get to, but... Thank you so much for jumping on the air with us today. Leslie and everyone, go to healthfreedomdefense.org. Make a small, you know, monthly contribution like I do. Everyone, you get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Protect it, protect it, protect it. Hey. Woo. Only
1: get one life.